Hello everyone, welcome back to Talking Politics. My name is Nico Johnson, I'm the political correspondent here at the Post Millennial. And today I'm with Will Chamberlain, who is the uh, publisher, I think is your official title, at Human Events, but really the top dog. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Perfect. So it's been a pretty interesting week in American politics, and particularly, well, last week was. We obviously have the convention going on. But now we know that Kamala Harris is going to be on Joe Biden's ticket. Do you think this is a good move for Biden? Well, first, I, I want to be, you know, lecture you for mispronouncing her name. It's, it's, as far as I'm, <laughs> it's, it's Kamala, right? Kamala, not, not, not any of these horrible bastardizations that you've heard from other people. Um, I mean, I think that the choice in, in makes, makes logical sense from the perspective of the Biden campaign, uh, given Biden's consistent inability to avoid racial gas, he needed to choose a woman of color. Uh, uh, in order to balance the ticket with his own, uh, you know, foibles. And uh, as a result, like Kamala Harris among uh, that group was, you know, I mean, she's a senator. She's at least like, you know, presentable. She's not going to make people think like the world's going to come to an end if she's elected or that, uh, you know, she's just this, you know, she doesn't have the negatives of somebody like a Karen Bass who's got, you know, was a straight up Castro baby, basically. Um, that said, I mean, I find Kamala Harris to be very distasteful. Uh, she has a history of, you know, wielding power in very, very um, unpleasant ways, as, as Tulsi Gabbard nailed her on back in the mm -hmm. primary. And I mean, and we have to think of her as a potential president here because Joe Biden is 77 and, and showing his age. I mean, there's there's a high chance that he ends up needing to resign or certainly that he won't run for a second term. So um, we're looking at a president, Kamala Harris. And I think that there's very little in her record that would, would justify her being president um, in terms of like her, you know, both her, like what seems to be a clear lack of strong ideology anyway, like she strikes me as a very ruthless careerist politician. Um, but in the modern Democrat party, that ruthless careerism becomes like a very, very hard leftism because that's the dominant ideology in the Democrat Party right now. Yes, and, and I, I know race is complicated in the US, and, and it's something I don't really want to touch with a barge pole, but it seems strange to me that Biden would instantly eliminate 50% of the population, and then it was just sort of assumed as a result of the George Floyd murder that it would be a black woman. Were there any other viable alternatives here who essentially weren't either Kamala Harris or Susan Rice? I mean, I think that uh, he certainly should have just refused to, at the outset, say what he was going to do in terms of his selection based on race and gender from a strategic perspective as well, because it, it, it hit with a lot less surprise when he actually ended up did choosing Harris. Um, for, I'm not sure what, you know, there, there weren't a lot of great options for him because basically, you know, he, at this point, you know, I think that the, he's torn between wanting to have a credible candidate as an, an, a credible vice president, given his age, but also worrying about that person not being particularly loyal to him and, and sort of kind of tried thinking about moving on the throne over the course of uh, the next four to eight years if Biden were elected. Um, you know, I, I was actually talking to my dad about this. My dad, he's got the benefit of a lot of wisdom and a lot more reading than I've done. And, you know, he said, you know, throughout history, the old king, that's never a stable scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Like having an old king running your country because everybody, if they go, you know, the king's going old and senile, then you have all the powers around the king jockeying for position, trying to take over after he's gone or after it's clear he needs to, to leave. Um, and I think that's what we're, we're facing here with the Democrats. If you have a Biden victory, you just, you have a senile president for two to three years and a resignation, um, and then maybe Harris, or maybe who knows what'll happen then. But it's, it's not certainly not an environment 
uh, conducive to stable governance. No, it's not. I, I think you're bang on with that. And But looking at the GOP, it seems like they haven't yet figured out how to attack Harris. Um, it, you know, Pence, for instance, and, and I think some senators have been attacking her using totally different lines, either saying that she was too hard on crime as a time as attorney general or not hard enough in Pence's case, I think. So, uh, so do you think that it is quite uncomfortable? It's going to be a difficult person to defeat? A little bit. I mean, there, there, I think there's that tension between these two tempting lines to take, right? On the one hand, you have, you know, the tendency to want to attack the Biden-Harris camp for racism and for being tough, uh, being like cops, effectively, Rick Meyer, yeah. you know, the joke being Kamala Harris is a cop. And that's a very tempting line to take, not least because Biden can't stop saying things that are objectively pretty racist. And it seems like an obvious tension with their with their own base. But at the same time, I mean, the there's an element of concern trolling when that comes from Republicans, because the very people that would be trying to persuade, it's like most of them are, are generally going to be voting for the Democrats almost no matter what. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think and also there's just there it brings up sort of inconsistencies that Trump has to defend. So I think some of the, the attacks on Harris and, and Biden this way are useful to kind of demoralize their base, but I don't think they're necessarily gonna bring in a ton of new voters. I think the and also there's this tension between is is are, are Biden Ferris far left socialists or are they these tough on crime moderate Democrats from the nineties? Yeah. It's like you kind of have to pick your your general line of attack. And I mean I think I think the right line to take is, you know, Biden wants to portray himself as a moderate, but you just basically say Biden's slow, right? The the, the line about Biden should be he's slow, he's past his time. Uh, he can barely string a sentence together, so his administration will be running things, and his administration will be left. Um, mm -hmm. Although I, I find that the idea, like these, like the, the use the scare word of socialism, I just don't, I don't find that as persuasive. Like socialism isn't the problem in the, that is most, I guess, uh, tangible when it comes to Democrat rule. It's the fact that they will, are not criticizing the burning of federal courthouses, for instance. That's that strikes me as the bigger problem. Yes. And you touched on Biden's, um, I suppose, alleged cognitive decline, although I think it is uh, fairly overt. But I read an interesting article in The Atlantic, which essentially argued that it came from his stutter rather than his actual mental facility. And on, on top of it, didn't the same people do this to Trump as well in the first election? I mean, they tried to, but the thing about Trump is, I mean, he could go out there and be clear that he was on top of his game in terms of thinking through things. Was he at quite as fluid as a public speaker as he was in his like 30s or 40s? No. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, being, that's the part of the problem with being over 70 is that there's some natural amount of minor cognitive decline that basically happens to everyone starting when you're about 30. And it's one of the reasons it's a little bit sketchy that we should be having 70, you know, presidential candidates over 70 at all. Like if you if you know, in the abstract, I would be fine with a constitutional amendment that says the president can't be over 65. Yeah. Right? Like I, I'd be fine with that. I think that, you know, it prevents I mean, because like if you see how you know cynical the Democrats are that they would nominate a 77 year old who's losing his marbles to be president, like maybe we need to have just a general rule about old people not being able to be president for these reasons. Um, but I think I don't think it'll I don't think it worked well on Trump because he was clearly on top of it, like, you know, in the debates, cutting and thrusting with people like he was very effective. Um, I do think it works with Biden. Biden can't just he can't go on and do a normal press conference. Yeah. Like they're, they are t terrified of just letting him even speak in public in the same way that they were terrified about Hillary falling um, four years ago. And uh, I think that 
you know, one of the things that's just this lingering fragility, I mean, the Democrats are killing it in the polls right now, but the lingering fragility is what happens when people really start paying attention or what happens when Biden has a, ter if he has a terrible stumble or a terrible performance in one of the debates? Mm -hmm. um, are people, when people really come down to it, are they really going to want a president who is, is suffering pretty obvious cognitive impairment? Yeah. But perhaps this is a myth, and I'm sure you'll correct me on this, but Americans seem to quite like loopy presidents. Ronald Reagan, of course, who read your magazine religiously, uh, which is quite cool, by the way. Um, well, you know, he, he, by the second term, he was out of it. So uh, do the American public really care about this issue? I mean, I don't know. that. that was, I, I thought that was always a little overstated, and, you know, Ronald Reagan didn't actually, like, I mean, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in, I think, the, the 90s, if I remember correctly, like the mid or late 90s. I don't think he was out of it. Um, so I'd probably resist the premise. I think I think part of it is, I don't think American, I, yeah, I, I think that, that the premise of that question is, I don't think Americans like loopy presidents. I think Americans, uh, but I do think that, like, basically one of the reasons that we've tilted towards older presidents um, is name recognition, right? The longer you've been in the game, the longer you've been in the public eye, the more well-known you are. The, and, and that is so, you know, name recognition is so, so important. I mean, I don't, it's hard to explain Joe Biden without name recognition, right? The guy, he's old. Um, there were many younger candidates, some of whom were much more talented. And in many ways would be a much more difficult opponent for President Trump to deal with in debate. Somebody like Pete Buttigieg would have been a huge problem, I think, yeah. for President Trump in the debates, especially given coronavirus, because you know, this is a young, like, you know, guy in his, I think, maybe late 30s, early 40s, you know, top class, like, intelligence. And he's just going to go, and, but also a technocrat and McKinsey and that type of thing. And he'd just be going at Trump. He'd be on TV every single day being like, Trump's doing this, 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 and this wrong with the coronavirus. That's why hundreds of thousands of people have died. If yeah. I run the administration, that won't happen because I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And that would be very, very difficult for Trump to overcome. Yeah, it was an odd choice. And a bit of a callback. You did sort of mention, uh, and again, this is about Kamala Harris. I hope I'm pronouncing her name properly. Um, but of, of course, Tulsi Gabbard pretty effectively nailed her in a debate. But of course, Harris did that to Biden. And there seems to be quite a few skeletons in her closet, which Republicans could quite easily pull out and put on display to the American people, which shows that she is just an ambitious career politician. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that, you know, the very first ad the RNC put out was really good, I thought, because it contained two basic new names, Slow Joe and Phony Kamala. I think those are actually both very good lines to take against both of them, because I think mm -hmm. they highlight, they both, they highlight the basic flaw of the candidate and they're self-reinforcing because the candidates themselves, as they try and shed the label, will do things that feed into um, the branding even further, right? So Slow Joe you know, okay, well, he doesn't have it. He's not up to the, he's not up to it anymore. He's past his time. And then he tries to get up and, you know, really prove himself and he stumbles, reinforces it. Uh, Kamala, I mean, the whole point, the whole thing about Kamala, the most, her most defining characteristic is inauthenticity. She's very, she's very similar to Hillary in that respect. Like, it's not clear she actually believes anything. She'll say anything. I mean, she'll say, my opponent is a racist. My opponent supported busing. My opponent, I believe uh, my opponent's uh, victim, you know, my opponent's victims, that they were victims of sexual assault, but I'll still, I'll still, oh, now that you want me as your vice president, I don't care. Yeah. Like there's, there's a, there's a serious inauthenticity to her. You know, the fact that she was the super, you know, she was the attorney general and put in place all these aggressive, was very aggressive about fighting crime as a, you know, mid 2000s, you know, early 2010s Democrat. And then suddenly is like, I'm the most left of the lefties. Like she's just, she's just fake. She, she doesn't believe anything. 
and that's you know basically both of them therefore like one is slow the other is fake and they're both eventually going to be used by the progressive left or do the bidding of the progressive left at the end of the day how damaging will her legacy as attorney general california be to this campaign i don't know i mean i i am one thing i've realized is that there's a big chunk of the democrats i mean part of and part of the issue trump faces is that i think the democrats that are most offended by kamala harris are also the Democrats who are also Democrats who generally despise Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Like that's a that's a fundamental problem. So they may they may really have utter contempt for Harris and think she was terrible, but at the same time they have even more for Donald Trump. I, I was listening to somebody I recommend everybody follow, a guy named Benjamin Dixon, who's like a pretty he's a he's a pretty radical lefty, but he's at least funny and and smart, you know. So I'll take yeah. that. Um, but on his podcast, he had all these you know listeners come on, and these are all like Bernie people, not really fans of Democratic establishment. But they're all like, Trump is an existential threat. We got to get rid of him. We don't care. Like we have to vote for uh, Biden, even though we don't like him very much. And I think that's that's where the left is going to come down. You can try and demoralize those people and make them not like Biden any much, but I, very much. But I think uh, that's I, I I don't think it will be as much of a detriment as it, you know as people might hope on the right, because I think that. Part of the issue is I think the left is just unbelievably motivated to get rid of Donald Trump. Yes. So final question, and I'm going to push you into a corner, I'm afraid. What's going to happen in November? Is Trump going to take this? Um, I mean, I, I think about all these things in terms of probability. Uh, I think it's uh, pretty close. If I, I mean, if you gave me even money, I'd probably bet Biden. I'm not going to stare at polls where it's like an eight or nine point lead and not think that that guy's not the favorite. Mm -hmm. um, and the analogy I, that worries me is the analogy to Carter in 1980, right? Like you have, you know, Carter, you know, kind of ineffectual, had the Iran hostage crisis, didn't lead well. Reagan comes along and just beats him up, right? Wins by yeah. 10. Uh, and I worry that coronavirus is going to be seen similarly, right? Like coronavirus comes in, Trump is, you know, the funny thing is like, we can talk about coronavirus later, but like Trump, his, Trump's administration has done all the reasonable things that a federal government can do in a pandemic. I don't actually think they've failed that badly on the federal level. It's just Trump rhetorically has sort of played with both sides so much that people are able to get all these terrible quotes out of context. And now like the sort of popular construction is, well, Trump has mishandled coronavirus, mm -hmm. even though I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, but I think that's like, that's what I'm worried about here is that there's one dominant big issue that the popular opinion is that the president has not done it very well and we're about to lose by uh, a decent number. So, but that said, Biden's a weak candidate, a lot can happen. So if you gave me, I don't know, if you gave me anything, anything better than two to one odds, uh, then I would bet on the president. If you gave me it worse than that, I'd probably bet on Biden. So I think, you know, Trump's like somewhere between 30 and 40% to win in November. That's my guess right now. Right. And I lied about the last question, sorry, but genuinely interested in this. I heard a few people well, say to me that the debates could really turn this election. When you have Biden go up against Donald Trump, all of his flaws, all of his slowness, I suppose, is going to be in full display. Do you think that's true? Are the debates important here? Oh, the debates are super important. I mean, largely because there's so little campaigning happening beforehand. I mean, the DNC is this ridiculous, like, YouTube video fest. So I think that, I mean, absolutely, the debates are going to be really important. They might be like one of the few times that like as a country, we all collectively focus on the election, mm -hmm. especially without without the normal campaign happening. Um, but they really I think Trump really does need to win them decisively. I, th I think if he does, he, he'll probably end up winning the election. Um, but he does need to win those debates. And and Biden, 
I think, you know, Biden has trouble stringing a sentence together, but I think, you know, there will be trust. The Democrats are aware of this problem too, right? There's a lot of very intelligent Democrats thinking about how the hell we get Joe Biden to have a good debate, at least one, maybe then we can cancel the others on COVID fears, but how do we get this man to have one good debate? And, you know, Biden wasn't that bad in, in the Sanders debates. Like they got whatever they did, like he, his stumbles have been in those random interviews on a daytime on talk shows and things like that. But in the debates, they usually, his staff handlers usually got him up for them and he usually performed, you know, acceptably. Mm-hmm. And I worry, I also worry that like we're setting expectations for Biden so low that if he just comes in and gives an acceptable performance, like it'll be seen as like, no, Biden wins, you know, <laughs> like proves he's not senile and we're, we're you know, we're behind him ball there too so uh but i think that's what has to happen i think we need i think we need trump to crush biden in the debates yes well it's going to be a exciting few months i'm, I'm looking yeah, forward I to think it so i think so Should well, be indeed. well thank you so much for coming on i really really do appreciate it make sure you check out human events it's a wonderful magazine i uh, I, I read for it yesterday and pretty much every article was spectacular thank um, you nico i appreciate that oh, yeah, we try quality over quantity <laughs> we don't publish too much but we try to make sure everything is good yeah well absolutely i appreciate it anyway Thank you so much. Thank you. All right.